Sounds on Vinyl, the show where a couple of guys drink from the horns and celebrate listening to the best music on vinyl. And now, here are your hosts, Mike and Phil. Hey, hey, this is the Sounds on Vinyl show, the only show on the planet that will make your fucking ears bleed. My name, as always, is Phil Boyer. And from across the vast open seas where the Vikings once ruled is my brother from another mother, Professor Rockstar Extraordinaire, lead singer of all bands past, present, and future, except for the band we're going to talk about today because they tried a new lead singer. They tried a different lead singer, and it didn't fucking work. They had to bring the other guy back, Mr. Mike Svensson. Mike, how the hell's it going out there in the land of your very own record store oh how's that shit going oh that's going really good man awesome i mean every week i meet some really cool people and we spend records drink coffee shoot the shit talk about music talk about life and it's it's i mean i cannot still believe that i i got my own record store so it's 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 all good, man. It's, it's, all good. it's like the ultimate fika. It is. Right? It we, is we, we talked about that fika. before. It's like the oh, ultimate yeah. fika. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Doesn't get any better than that. No, no. All right. Well, later on in the show, we're going to be talking about vinyl because obviously this show is called Sounds on Vinyl. And we're going to yeah. be talking about original pressings versus uh, re-releases and the sound quality and all that kind of fun stuff. But first, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about a, a little band you probably heard of, right, Mike? Oh, yeah. And what yeah. what record and band are we talking about today? We are talking about Judas Priest, British Steel, baby. There we go. All right. To give you a background, it was released in 1980. Uh, and the band tried to uh, reprise the commercial sound that they established with Kill Killing Machine. This time, though, they abandoned the dark lyrical theme. When um, Rob Halford said that uh, uh, that the band was inspired by ACDC on some tracks uh, after supporting them on, on the European tour in back in 1979. British Steel was recorded in December of 79 in Tiddenhurst Park in the home of former Beatle Ringo Starr. What do you think about that? There you go. Judas Priest and the Beatles. There we go. I mean, could it be any better? I don't know. I don't know what that means even. But still, it was recorded there. It was recorded there. Well, that's all that I, make that. That's all that matters. I, I wonder if Ringo Starr is a fan of Judas Priest, or he was thinking, "What the hell is going on here?" I don't know. That'd be interesting. That'd be oh, interesting to be. see, like, yeah. Yeah, like all those 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 early guys, like the Beatles, and and like when when Sabbath and Priest came on the scene, and, yeah. and like what what did they think of these guys? You know, yeah, you know, like made and stuff. I mean, if he was involved in somehow or he had just sold his house and, and turned it into a studio or he had a studio, I don't know. I mean, the facts are so small, but it wouldn't be wouldn't be fun. I mean, to, to know if Ringo Starr was even there, that would be awesome. I had to look into that. Mm-hmm. Thinking that he he was 
involved in 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 writing music for the Beatles and that poppy stuff, and all of a sudden, these guys show up. Could you imagine him going, yeah. "Holy shit! What the <laughs> hell is going on? Fuck me!" Yeah, yeah. I thought I heard it all, but now, man, yeah. Yeah. geez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to wonder, like, did these any of these guys feel threatened by you know the the talent of some of these bands, even though you know they're talented themselves? Like, you know, yeah. you know, you know how musicians are in their egos oh, yeah. and stuff like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> We're fucked up. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, hey, British Steel. Now, mm-hmm. Is this in, in in your top three priest records? Where does this fall for you? I, is is it in your top three or oh, is yeah. it? Yeah, it is. It is for me. It's Screaming for Vengeance, uh, Defenders of the Faith, and British Steel. Interesting. Yes. Oh, def- you put Defenders up there. Yes. Interesting. Oh, that's yeah. a great record. That is it a great is. record. It and is. you know what? It's weird. I, I with with priest, I, I tend to gravitate towards certain records, and it's usually the old stuff. Mm-hmm. And defenders, and the and even British Steel, even though that's older, I I never really gravitate to those two records, even though oh. they're both awesome. Defenders, like one of my favorite songs, is like the Sentinel. Mm-hmm. Like I love that one. That that that's yeah. a that's a that's a great song. But yeah, for some reason, I never go to that. Mm. But British Steel. Oh yeah. Should now, we break it down? Let's break it down. But first, yes, it's important to understand that there were two versions released of this. There was one uh, that it was a re-release, I believe, that has a completely different track listing. The order mm-hmm. of the tracks are a bit different. Mm-hmm. So that which is is interesting because it, it does kind of um, the re-release. I feel is a better order of the tracks because of, of, and and we'll get to this. I'll mention this Mm -hmm. a little bit later, but um, I feel like it's, it's a better order. You know, this one starts with breaking the law, which Mm -hmm. we all know and love. Right. Oh yeah. And I feel like that may not have been the best choice to, to kick that off with. Whereas the re-release starts with rapid fire, which I Mm -hmm. think is a better way to introduce this record. Mm -hmm. So what do you think? Well, um, I'm. I should have brought my own um, album with me. I didn't for some reason. I used to show stuff here because mm-hmm. so, you, you people out there, we are on YouTube also, so you can watch our ugly faces if you want, and you can mm-hmm. see me holding up bits and pieces of every crazy shit that I come up with um i do i i I don't know i never thought about it like that i think it's a strong opening um Mm -hmm. hmm, maybe maybe maybe. but see what's interesting too is that like who the fuck on earth does not know this song i feel like everybody knows this song oh yeah you know, I mean, I've mentioned this before on, on other songs, but you know, when my wife and I would go up to the the college for parents' weekends, the kids yeah. would be playing, you know, all this old rock and roll, old rock mm. and roll as they call it, right? Yeah. And they'd be playing 
breaking the law and they would be, you know, headbanging and singing along to it. So it's not like yeah. they were just playing this for our benefit. They were playing it because they like it. Yeah. You know, so it's not just knowing the song, but it's the, like pretty much everybody loves this song, knows this song. Yeah. You know, it's um, it was on the, the Simpsons. I don't know if you saw yeah. that episode, the, the infamous oh, yeah. death yeah. metal. <laughs> Judas Priest was death metal. Yeah. And I thought it was hilarious. If you haven't seen uh, it, it's this. Oh, my! I, I've only seen the clip. I haven't seen the whole episode. But basically, it's the, the police are trying to get this guy out of this building. And he's some kind of diplomat, I'm guessing. And mm -hmm. so they're like, yeah, we're going to. There's only one way to get these guys out of a building. And that's to play death metal. And then they show this this truck with judas priest on it right and it's rob halford and he's and he's singing respecting the law respecting the law <laughs> i know and then, and then you got it's the guy so in the inside that they're trying to get out and he's just violently <laughs> headbanging and and they're all like you like this stuff and it's like yes <laughs> us swedes we love death metal it makes <laughs> us think of death <laughs> yeah oh my it, it god was, it's fucking hilarious it and is. uh it so is. yeah i mean it's it, it's a it's an iconic song. So when you say it's it's a great way to start and kick off the record, I don't disagree with that. I just kind of like the way rapid fire kicks in. And yeah. I feel like that that's just the way to that that's a great way to introduce it, right? Yeah. Uh, but but I I I I actually didn't think too much about it cuz I've been playing it back to back and and for some reason, I, I forgot the order because I, I, my first initial thought was, what, dude, is, is it opening with, with breaking the law? No, that can't be right. So I, I looked it up, and in your neck of the woods, it is. What yeah, there there was a re-release. Well, see, from what I understood. It's not the re-release. It's the, it's, the, it's the U.S. version. Oh, I thought the U.S. version was the the open with breaking the law no, it's but UK it was a re-release later with some extra songs on it that had the different order but yeah. no it was it is the u.s yeah release. i i'm oh, sitting okay. here uh, since i don't have the actual album with me i i had to look it up on discogs and the uk version of this starts with rapid fire interesting it okay. is it is interesting. so there you go yes so rapid fire Rapid well, fire. And, and any takes on on breaking the law before we 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 move? Through? Uh, I I mean I remember seeing the video for this one. I mean it was sort of like, damn, what the hell is going on? But bear in mind that people nowadays, maybe maybe even me a bit, it's 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 kind of cheesy, but but still I'm I remember because you. Back when I was growing up here here in Sweden, we we didn't have musical television. There wasn't a chance for us to to watch bands play and move around. If you know what I mean, mm. you you only had your albums to listen to. So so when MTV hit, it was sort of like, oh, the floodgate is open. Damn! <laughs> I remember, I mean, taping all the Headbangers Ball and. There was oh, um, yeah. Sky Channel in, in in the UK. They had a Power Hour, and so forth. And it was a, a metal show. And I was watching all those. Uh, I mean, the the, the Iron Maidens uh, trooper run to the hills, and 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 mm -hmm. uh, and of course breaking the breaking the law with all those cheesy stuff that that was going on. But 
So it, it was a big deal. So breaking the law for me is it's an iconic song. Mm-hmm. So um yeah. yeah. You, you, there's not a lot to say about it because it's no. just iconic and yeah, it's just everybody knows it, you know. I'm, it's I'm just, lost it's... for words, I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's fucking insane. All right, rapid fire. Rapid fire. What do you think? I... It's classic. I, I, it's classic. Judas Priest. I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's a good song. I, I'm, I'm more like this, because I've listened to this, um, so many times, and I don't think there's, um, there, there's not a bad song for me on this album. There, there is some. I mean, if you, if we're talking about lesser good songs, I mean. Maybe rapid fire is one of them, but but no, it's still heavy <laughs> it's and it's good. still. I, I I don't know. I couldn't say that there is a bad song on this album. Mm, I can't, and we'll get yeah. to that. Yeah, <laughs> we will get to that. All right, but um, yeah, I I think you know Judas Priest is an interesting band to me because they get this metal moniker, right? Yeah. But I think if you listen to their early 70s stuff, it's not metal. No. It's, it's, you could call it hard rock. I would call it rock, like some of the early, early stuff, rockerola, even, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then I feel like, you know, once you start getting into the, the, the late 70s and obviously 80s, that's mm-hmm. when the metal came out. And I oh, think yeah. Rapid Fire is is a is a song that kind of showcases that evolution it, it's a little mm-hmm. bit heavier um rob's vocals are a little bit different you know i still wouldn't yeah. call it metal but it, it, it's it's I, I think it's an example of hard rock and 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 where you know they they, they were going it, it really showed the path of where they wanted to go with the music yeah. and and how rob's vocals adapted to that you know, we, we, we all know Halford's a great vocalist, but you know, he, he gets that for his high notes and being able to, you know, but he's also got range and we'll talk about that here in a little bit, but you know, he's, he's really like, I think this is a song that really teases what's to come Mm -hmm. for, for priests down the road and, and, you know, screaming for vengeance and stuff like that. It really kind of teases that really more heavy, heavy sound. I agree. And and I love the way, speaking of metal, it it just goes right into metal gods. Yeah. yeah. You know, and obviously where Halford, I'm guessing, got his nickname and you know, the that whole it just you know, it's got such a heavy riff. And listening to that beginning, you know, it makes me think of um Birmingham in the mm-hmm. old days with all the 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 steam and the smoke and the the f- sparks and everything. Yeah, I forget who it was. It was either somebody from Sabbath, Tony Iommi, or it could have been Rob Halford. They, they said like the music. I think it was for Sabbath. They that that whole Birmingham scene really mm-hmm. set the tone for mm-hmm. the music. I and agree. I think it might have been Ozzy or Tony Iommi that said that. I can't remember, but. 
you know, and I think that's true. And I think this song does that. It really like uh, in my head, I'm, I'm thinking of like, what's his name from Peaky Blinders walking down the street, you know, it's just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, it's it just, I, I get that vision in my head, like, yeah. you know, this walking all like badass and shit. Right. Yeah. It, it's just, it's a, it's a fucking great, great yeah. song. And, and it's slightly <laughs> got an anthem feel to it. Yeah. Just, just slightly. Right. Yeah. And uh, let's take a minute here and, and, and ju just, the the name of it all and that rob halford adapted that title if you know what i mean mm -hmm. but i i don't know if he did it per se or we just named him but nobody argued <laughs> nobody, nobody argued. argued with with it if you know what i mean mm -hmm. he was and still is the metal god yeah i i, I mean hands down there is no uh, if you're talking about metal, right? Then, then we we got singers, man. We got Ronnie James Dio, so so don't get me wrong. But the metal god for heavy metal music per se, I mean, for me, Dio is is all over the place with Rainbow, with Black Sabbath, with his own band Dio and so forth. But Rob, it's Judas Priest. He is the metal god. See, and nobody argues with that. No. It's no. it's my belief though. Yeah. Well, see, Dio, his career was so expansive, right? It, he he yeah. covered a lot of different genres. He was he was so good, he didn't need a fucking title. He was no. just Dio. <laughs> Dio was his fucking title. It's just oh, Dio. Man, it's like, oh, okay. You didn't have to say Ronnie, Ronnie James Dio. <laughs> no. It was just it was fucking Dio. That's it. It was. You know? But uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Nobody questioned it, and nobody. No. Well, there are some people. Well, I think we're going to talk about this a little later. They they questioned it a little bit, but um, luckily that got fucking yeah stopped quick. But yeah, but um, but, but yeah, it, but it, yeah, it's it's a great song. I it, it it gets me all the time when I hear them play it live, and it's it's even heavier when you go see Priest live. Yeah, and you hear that song and you go, "Oh my god, jeez, <laughs> yeah, yeah, fucking hell." Uh, and next up, track mm -hmm. four, "Grinder," 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 looking for me. Yeah, <laughs> I mean heavy. the 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 groove. Yeah, the groove that it starts with with oh, Bob's yeah. vocals. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like you're, you're really, when I was saying earlier about how they were just kind of a rock band mm -hmm. and rock bands back then, they had that, that really heavy blues influence. And I oh, think yeah. you can really hear that in, in, in this song. Yeah. Too. And if you like, listen to the first albums, it, it is like more bluesy rock music. Mm -hmm. So I, I think they transcended into this, but they took with them that part of the bluesy stuff that, that was like. Mm -hmm. the 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 essence of of priest in the beginning and yeah. i think it, they did a really good job of 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 keeping that in the music mm -hmm. and and still i think that you you can hear it in the, in their music the, the oh yeah you can't they, get away from that no 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 you can't yeah it's once it's there it doesn't go away yeah yeah it's like herpes it just doesn't go away <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh okay yes. so yes i found it 
the 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 the, 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 yeah, the, oh, the, yeah. the bad song on oh, the yeah. record. Yeah. This this is a shit song. United. It, yeah. It, it, it's, it, it's their failed attempt at an anthem song. It's shit. It's crap. And I'm embarrassed for Judas Priest that they have to live with themselves knowing <laughs> they put this out. Luckily, they're so iconic. It doesn't really matter. And we can just pretend it doesn't exist. But <laughs> it's I, I, mean, I just love how how you there. There is no bones about it. it it's all like <laughs> it's shit. I fucking hate it. It's it's when we talk about like the black album yeah. and and people go oh I I really dig that that episode you did with the black album yeah because Phil fucking hates that album and I didn't know yeah Jeez. yeah what the fuck yeah. United United now come yeah. on Rob dude Jeez. you could do better yeah. you guys could yeah yeah they that, I, that I, one that should have been like mm -mm. I have to look that up but but. It's it strikes me as a song that they get forced to do from the record company. We need a hit song. We need something to rally about. It's it's when Kiss did rock and roll all night and party every day. And uh, when I'm all night, party every day. It's a shit song, but it gets you every time you see Paul Paul smash his fucking guitar. But it's United, United. No. No, no, just no, man. Jeez. Just, just like, yeah, yeah. It, oh, it's, yeah. it's sad. It's moving sad. along. Moving, moving along <laughs> to a a classic. We're talking about hit songs. Living yes. after midnight. Oh, Living after midnight. I mean, damn. What do you? What, it, what do you it, say? It, what do you say? It's it, it sort of like you did United because the the record company wanted an anthem song. And you can hear Judas Priest go, fuck you. We are writing a hit song. <laughs> it's called Living After Midnight. Yeah, yeah. This this is how you fucking do it. Yeah. Yeah. They it's had to put that after United just to gain yeah. the trust back of the fans. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> I don't know, man. Jesus. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, great song. Everybody, it's, it's another one that... You know, everybody knows. Everybody has oh, yeah. to. Everybody sings along to. It's just, it's just the way it is, man. And and this this is also uh, one of those songs when you hear it live, it's it's a completely different feel. At least for me, when when you hear "Living After Midnight" yeah. live, if you listen to the 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 album actually the the Priest live album that was released in 1986. And you watch that there is a, a a video also a, a pro shot video that they did where they got fireworks going off on on stage before living after midnight starts and you can hear and they explode and then they go bow down bow bow down I mean it's just awesome yeah, yeah. It, it is it just it doesn't yeah I mean it, it doesn't get any better than that that's no, what it is no. that's what it is. That's what it is. And then and then they back it up with you don't have to be old to be wise. Mm -hmm. I mean, another fucking classic. It is. At least the priest fans. I feel like it, some would argue this is more of a, a deep cut, but I feel like for priest fans that this is sort of another classic. It I is. Mean, it it's it just it's you don't have to be old. Like it's just 
again, it's, it's bluesy, it's head banging. It's yeah. just, it's got, and it, it, and again, I was talking about Rob's vocal range and I yeah. think this song, he's all over the place in this song. And I think it really, really shows his talent. Um, that what he can do, he's not just all about the high notes, right? He, no. he can, he can go all over the place and, and get that gravelly thing going on. And, and it just, you yeah. know, I, I think for this album, I mean, from like when they started to be more heavy, you can hear if, if you backtrack, you can hear where, where the sound changed. Mm -hmm. for, for priest and and for rob's voice and for me british steel is one of those albums where you can really hear uh wh where i think because uh, i'm i remember screaming for vengeance had just been released when i discovered judas priest so i had to backtrack uh to listen to to, to the other albums but but you can hear Oh my God! When when you go back to to the, the early seventies and you can hear the progression of the band and and Rob's voice, and it it only gets better. It only gets better. <laughs> I mean, it's it's fucking insane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then cool and then, and then then we go into the rage. Mm -hmm. this is one of my favorite songs on this this right yeah i mean the, the bass in the beginning and then how the drums kick in yeah and you got this this really uh this groove that just i don't know man there's something about yeah. this groove that I, I just love and then yeah how the the guitar comes in ding, ding, oh yeah ding, yeah ding, you know and 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 the riff that goes along with that oh yeah yeah i mean yeah and and man i'm you know, and, and I listen to that, and it, it's like the way Rob sings this song, it's it's almost like an opera. It's almost it like he's telling a story as he's singing this. Mm. Not that it sounds like opera, but it's it's opera-like in the sense that he's telling this this big, huge story, and it just seems larger than life. It like it comes off the the record, you know, yeah. into your ears. It just doesn't, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just it's yeah. like that. Yeah. So, and I think, you know, you, you'd know more about this than I do, but I, I feel like this song in particular is, is so well-written and well-structured, you know, yeah. as a song. Yeah, that, that... I, I think so too. I, I, I really dig that the parts that, that both Glenn Tipton and Kiki Downing has on this album and especially this song. It's, it's the riff between them and the solos and, and, mm -hmm. Fucking hell, man. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting all winded up here. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I yeah, God, I, I wish I wish we could play this in the background. Yeah. But as we talk about it, because it, it would just it would be so much fun to, to do that. Oh yeah. Uh oh, last song. Track mm -hmm. nine, Steeler. 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 Yeah. Classic song. Oh priest, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's 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 priest um again like this whole record i think it's a it's a taste of what's to come now i mentioned this a little bit or teased this a little bit earlier i i think the the drums in this song come back around a rapid fire yeah and that's kind of why another reason why i think rapid fire is a better opening to the record yeah because this song kind of ends it and it sends you into this this loop like okay now I just have no choice but to listen to this again. 
Mm. That that's kind of the feel that I got from it. Oh yeah. Again, it's it's art, so everybody's oh, got totally their agree. own own take on it. But mm-hmm. I feel like for me that that's kind of. I don't know. I, I, t- I tend to hear weird things like, you know, you and I have like, Oh, well I hear this in this song and you're like, mm. what, what? <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, we all have different ears and, and I oh, think yeah. like that for me, that, that coming back around to the beginning, it's like, okay, we're not done. We're just going to start over and come back. Mm. Yeah. And I don't know, again, this whole record we've said, it, it, it's sort of a, a taste of what's to come. And I don't know, maybe that's just a subliminal message to all of us fans get ready for the next one. Yeah, but but it's 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 also a statement for 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 Priest going into the eighties with the new wave of British heavy metal that that was so successful that you can hear the the progression of the band. They tried it. I mean, they're not afraid to to do stuff like this, keeping the bluesy stuff with the dual guitars for 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 Kiki Downing and Glenn Tipton. And 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 Rob's voice over that, and and you can see it's almost. I I, I could imagine this. I I was like too young when this album came came out, so I didn't have that um, experience. Listen to music that way, but you can almost hear where it was going. If you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's oh man, it's. For me, it's um, a piece of history, also mm. a piece of history of 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 heavy metal music, the British steel, where you where you set the tone. I mean, Priest coming out of Birmingham, like like Sabbath, um, doing it the way they wanted to do it, and Priest follow that did the heavy metal like they wanted to do it. Uh, there was no blueprint you have to do like this, but they did it because they felt like this is the way we're using twin guitars. We are keeping some of the bluesy parts and the, the creme de la creme, Rob Halford with his fucking voice. Mm-hmm. And as we said before, crowning him the metal god. Nobody can argue with that. Judas Priest, Brady Steele, I shit you not. <laughs> you see? That's how it is. That's how it is. That's how it is. But. But. There's but, always a but involved. There is always a but involved. And but, but no, no pun intended here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. But. It's like this. I was listened to because bear in mind, people, that we talked about this before when Phil said, well, not everybody thought that Rob was a metal god. Everybody knows that Rob is gay nowadays. Mm -hmm. And there was a big debate about this in the metal community. Oh my God, he's gay! I'm throwing out all my Judas Priest records. I mean, come on, what the fuck, really? So I really, I I recently listened to a podcast on on, on Swedish national radio that where they did a piece on Rob Halford, and they talked about Rob being gay and so forth, and not be able to 
go out public with this. He 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 was so afraid of what people might think in the early 80s when, when Judas Priest was starting out. And when British Steel uh, happened, they was they were able to tour the states for the first time. And there was big parties going on and Rob had had to like do interviews with people asking him about the letter and the studs and, and so forth. And he always thought, well, I try to be as open as I can without saying anything, but people didn't react to it because they only thought it was cool wearing wearing leather and studs and, and so forth, whips and chains and everything else. And then there's the parties where the group is where he was constantly had to turn them down, all, all the offers from women, not be able to, to be the person that he was. And for people to say, when, when I found out that he was gay, um, uh, I thought, well... Okay, good for you that that you are living the way that you want to live, and mm-hmm. who cares? Judas Priest is Judas Priest. You are Rob Halford for me, still the metal god. Exactly. I I don't care. I exactly. don't care mm-hmm. uh, at all about his sexual preference. I mean, and and it's it's heartbreaking to to hear this podcast because they found some old interviews of Rob where he tries to explain how hard it was for him and it's so saddened to 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 hear him talk about the 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 hardship that he had to go through with with this keeping it a secret um and it's he still prevailed Mm-hmm. Still did fabulous records. Still delivered on stage, even though he was feeling like shit mm-hmm. on the inside. Yeah, I mean, if you're not a metal god, then I don't know what. I mean, if you know. What yeah, I mean. and and even to today, he doesn't talk about his no his love life at all. I mean, we we hear about you know Nikki Six and. Tommy Lee and all these guys, you know, their love lives and they're like so-and-so got divorced and all this stuff or got married. Mm. Like we hear about all this, but you know, Rob's got to be like, I just got to keep it private. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that's kind of sad that he can't really share that with the world. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, personally, I don't, I don't give a shit about anybody's love life or anything like that. Like I, I, it, who people fuck is their business. I could give a yeah. shit, right. It's not, I, I could care less, mm-hmm. but I, I do feel like if he wanted to express that, he, he, I feel like he, even today he feels like he can't, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, people got past it and I feel like it's, it, it's, it's, it's there. We all know it's there, but everybody wants to pretend it's not. And, and, and yeah. I think that, I think that's sad because, you know, it, it's interesting because in the pop world, there are a lot of gay musicians, you know, lead singers, you got, um, what's his name from Wham and all that. And, George and, Michael, yeah. George Michael, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and nobody gave a shit 
with with that, which I find oh. interesting. Elton John. It's Elton John. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but for whatever reason, when it comes to metal, it's like, oh, okay, that that's a mm-hmm. bad thing. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's people out there that that think it it was bad for George Michael and Elton John to be gay too, or bi, or whatever they are. Like it, it like who gives a I just, I don't know. This is one of those things that just irritates me, especially oh, yeah. here in the United States, because we're, we're so anti, you know, anti-gay. It's, you know, we have an entire state where you're not allowed to say gay. I, I think it's fucking ridiculous. It, it's, it, it's, you know, it, it's, it's how people are. And, the, the fact that I'm, you know, you think you're going to go burn a record because the lead singer's gay when you had no clue before that and you enjoyed that and it didn't fucking matter at all to you. But the minute you fucking hear that now, oh, now this sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I, it's I just I don't understand one. that. I, I, I can't. No, me neither. It's fucked up. <laughs> That's what it is. But yeah. it, it is. I mean, there's no other way to put it, but it's fucked up. I mean, yeah. people that think like that i mean that you're gonna go on out around man jesus christ <laughs> what the hell yeah and, and then the thing is it's like rob i've never met rob halford but i've seen him in these interviews he does with these podcasts yeah and these are no-name podcasts and he gives like this is the metal god giving these no-name podcasts his time and it's not like okay let's hurry up and get this done he's like honestly having fun chatting laughing you know and it's like he doesn't want to go but okay we're gonna end the show anyway and and mm. that's just a good dude he just seems like a good dude yeah you know and it's like how do you hate somebody just i i, I don't know i don't get it no. we gotta move on because because <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna get irritated and, and yeah yes anyway so yes. Well, let's let, let's move on and, and talk about the differences in quality and sound quality between original pressings and re-releases yeah so um so i i think we we, we've talked about this before what an original pressing is Mm -hmm. but for for my question is like okay so let's let's really down and dirty define what an original pressing is because is if if, uh the first pressing in the u.s and the first Mm. pressing in sweden Mm. are those both both considered original pressings or just first pressing? Is there a difference between original and first? Uh, not necessarily, because if the record company, let's take Kiss for an, for uh, as an example, because I know uh, a lot about that stuff. Uh, if the record company would like send their lacquers to a printing plant in Sweden. It's the same record, if you know what I mean. It's the first pressing, but it's the first pressing in Sweden versus the first pressing in the U.S., but it's still an original pressing. Because it uses the same lacquers. Yes, that's correct. Okay. But for me, as a collector, I want the album from the country where the band originates. So in my case, I want to chase all the U.S. labeled U.S., made in U.S. when it comes to KISS. 
Okay. So, well, referring to the first run of vinyl records, which was manufactured and released on the label on the day as it's supposed to be with the artists. This is what we want to show the world, if you know what I mean. So uh, original pressing is it's from the master tapes of the album, which is created during the recording and mixing process. So and you cut a lacquer from that where if, if it's sort of like a stomper, if you know what I mean. So you got this different things from different variations of that copies. But the original one, if you send that out to different pressing plants, people, I mean, record companies in the U.S. like Kiss, for instance, they hit it big in 1975. And from that on, thereon, they, they had to ship lacquers here and there because they couldn't press all the albums in the U.S. by themselves because it was like way too much records but still it's a, a first pressing and an original pressing if you know what i mean okay so so let's say you've got the u.s pressing yes and then in sweden they do their own lacquer their own yep. stamper right mm -hmm. so but that is that so that's not an original but it's a no. first the, in, Okay. No, because the U the U.S. version have to send their lacquers by mail, if you know what I mean. Right, I got yeah. They physically to, have to use. They those. have to physically use those lacquers or stompers that are created in the states. It's mainly because they couldn't. Uh, they hadn't. I mean, pressing plants in, in the U.S. In, in the 70s, everybody want, wanted to, to press an album. So they had to do a manufacturing in, in other countries to, to just keep up the demand, if you know what I mean. Right. It's now, still the first pressing and an original pressing. Okay. So in, in the case where they don't have the, the original lacquers, the yes. first lacquers and they mm -hmm. do their own original pressing first yeah. pressing how do those two sounds differ are they the same does it matter well th then you 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 come into to reissues or or different pressings of of an album it's 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 a bit complicated but if you have let's say you have a reissue of an album a new pressing of a of of, of record that is released after the, the original pressing. You have, because those lacquers, they, they tend to run out. You can only do so many copies of, of that lacquer and then it's finished. So you have to do, cut a new lacquer, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And that could be um, done in like um, where you... you you take that if you're a pressing plant in in Europe, you get the license to do that. You do do. I mean, Casablanca Records, who owned Kisses, it was Kisses uh, record label. They had to 
put license on on stuff like that for the the pressing plants or the different um, labels out in in the rest of the world to be able to cut new variations of that lacquer and then you're into the new pressings so for instance if you go with destroyer i mean you got like at least 10 or 12 different pressings of that album at at least because it was such a high demand on that album and for every new lacquer they cut it's it's sort of like a a new pressing if you know what i mean so it's not the original one and depending on how much control the the record company had those reissues or new pressings could have uh, variations on them with the sound being much worse than than mm, the, okay. the original one if you know what i mean so did there so during the process so is there like what is the process of getting the the to to make the stamper that would affect the the sound quality like because if, if you mentioned like the record label having control is it just how like deep the grooves are in the in the stamp, I'm guessing. Like if they yeah, if they yeah. were if they didn't make those as as deep as they should have been, or or whatever, yeah. you're not going to get as good a sound. If if you ha- if you want to do, uh, it this is like a, a costly thing, and and you don't want to, you you just want to make money as a record company. You could as some of the record companies do after uh, uh, a couple of years, they are remastering. It's called remastering the original one, which means that you cut new lacquers of that original mastering tape that you did from the get-go. So those are the real reissues as it was made from from the first batch if you know what i mean okay but then you have to go in and and redo the process of that right yeah and yeah oh i just so so when when you get the remaster like you know hey this has been remastered re-released and remastered yes is is that is that all bullshit or is that because they're using they're going back to the 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 original sort of it's it's a it's as close you're going to get to the first original pressing not necessarily <laughs> again it goes back to the quality and 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 yeah the original master tapes that that was used to create the first pressing of an album are often used as uh, not used for reissues instead the record label would use a copy of the master tapes or a digital file to create a new pressing because it it it's more cost efficient to do it like that because you can print more copies of an album but this on the other hand can result in in the in a different sound quality now with that being said if an album like kisses destroyer which is turned gold like quadruple of times the record company can say okay 
we need to do something here to keep this it's flowing. Let's go back to the original master tapes, see if we can remaster it to do it like we did from the first one. And okay. then you're back to scratch again. So yes, you can create, do that process all over again, but it's costly if you know what I mean. Right. Now, let me, let me ask you a question, because a lot of times yeah. on these remasters, there's mm -hmm. additional songs, either a live track or an unreleased song or something like yes. that, which means that there's going to be more grooves on the record. Would, does that affect the quality? No. No. Uh, I have to say no. Uh, I'm not 100% sure about this, but it shouldn't be a problem. Okay. Um, it all depends on on when that song was recorded. Okay. So, um, no, I would say no, because if you remastered, you're doing the process, and then you can add a uh, uh, a song into that uh, remastered process. Like so so the, the more you put on there doesn't necessarily affect the sound or does it? No, if you're, point? if you're using, using the original master tapes, that shouldn't be a problem because okay. you're just adding songs into that process, creating a, a new lacquer. Gotcha. So we, we have to, I mean, we have to do, I think we should call Soren on this. And 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 have have him go through this with a <laughs> fine tooth comb because yeah. I'm I I from my experience that shouldn't be a problem. From my experience, yeah, I, I think be it'd be problem. fun because because he actually got to make a record like yeah. physically was there yeah. made in, in the in the uh, factory yeah. and whatnot and and I think it, it would be fun to have him come on and, and walk us through the process of how a vinyl record gets made. Yes. Yeah, how the stamper gets made, the, the lacquer gets made and, and all that, like walk us through and then see what's, what's what, but yeah, yeah. Uh, that would be interesting. Now yeah. uh, th there's a lot of talk about Japanese records, sometimes having mm -hmm. a better quality than even some of the other, not, not necessarily original pressings, but other pressings. Is that mm -hmm. bullshit? Is that true? Is it just different or why, why are Japanese versions pressings so sought after by because collectors for for me it is i i i find it thrilling that when you send over a lacquer to to the uk or to sweden or whatever let's say the uk then you can press like gazillions of records not I'm, I'm mm -hmm. exaggerating, but but you know, with with that lacquer, you can do only so much. So if you say, let's say they have like two or three lacquers sent over to the UK because they know that it's a on on high demand, so they need to press like a million units. Mm -hmm. In in Japan, they are there are smaller pressing plants and they are more thorough. Not sure 100%, but 
in my experience, they took care of that process in a, a stress-free environment, if you know <laughs> what I mean. Because the small pressing plants, uh, I mean, I got people around me going, nah, that's no different at all. What the hell are you talking about? Listen to the the first U.S. pressing of of the Kiss first records and and listen to the Japanese pressing. There's no difference. I beg to differ because I think it's a cleaner sound on on the Japanese pressing. I I think it's more. It's got more depth in it, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that you can. If you listen closely, th- this is we're we're down to the nitty gritty stuff. So if you're a beginner and listening to this podcast and just want a record to spin, go ahead buy any copy that you like, uh, as long as you like it and listen to it and enjoy it. The thing I'm talking about is going way deep way deep but listen to different pressings comparing them it's this is nerdy stuff i know but this is what we're talking about right now so for for me it's it's in my in my opinion these are great sounding albums because of that smaller pressing plants and they don't press that same amount of records like they do, for instance, in the U.S. and the U.K. So, in my opinion, those are not as worn down as the U.S. and U.K. pressings. So, that makes me think of cassette tapes. Mm-hmm. Now, if you grew up in the 70s and 80s like we did, yep. you mm-hmm. you know about cassette tapes. Oh, yeah. We all got blank tapes and recorded each other's stuff and, and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. Those tapes have a have a shelf life to them, right? You can yeah. only re-record over them so many times before this, you know, actually it's really just the first time. And then after that, the quality degrades over time. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily anything you necessarily hear audibly until maybe a certain point. Are the lacquers the same way, which then would make the Japanese better? Because before it gets to the point where it degrades, they, they're not doing that. So yeah. Um, is, is it kind of like that? Uh, it is. And in, in, that, concept. in concept. Yeah, in concept. Because okay. th- there is a difference with you and I recording an album on cassette tape that we, we did buy on, on, on a vinyl record. Right. If you buy an original copy from a band on cassette tape, it's a completely different ballgame if you know what i mean right but yes i would say yes to that question so so just so even even if you get an original pressing yep it may not be the best because you you want the number one pressing off of that yes is there a way that we can know if that's the number one or no there's really no way oh yes oh there Uh, is oh yeah oh yeah you can go into. We talked about this before. There's a few thing things to look at, look out for. One is on the label of the record. Uh, if you, if we're, I give you an example again, yet again, Kiss, of course. Uh, there's a blue Casablanca label, and if you look for that blue Casablanca label, 
because uh, they got a different different uh, ones with um, a yellow and uh, there is uh, well different ones. You you can look them up. Uh, the original uh, pressings we uh, have a different label uh, than the reissue. And another thing to look out for it's the matrix number. We talked about it's it's the code that's etched into the runout groove on on the album. Uh, on the record, so so it's the area outside of the label. You know, we talked about this. Uh, so if you hold it up in into the light, you can see there is a number etched in the runout groove, and you can verify that m- number with the original pressing. So mm-hmm. you have to look this up, and and you can use Discogs for this. Okay. It's it's a it's a great way to go. So you ju- just log on on, on Discogs, and and um, you can use it uh, as a mobile app on on your phone, or you, or you can use the 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 web thingy. So then you have the the uh, the the matrix number, the code that it's etched in the runout groove, and you can compare those numbers to to uh, what's been etched in on on the first pressing, and then you know oh. It's the same number on my album, it, so then you know it's it's the 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 first pressing. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. So that's how you know. That's yes, how you know which one. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if I'm I'm clearer on this because it's 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 sort of like when you know stuff, you know stuff. And and it sometimes it's really hard to explain. So when people come into my store, I I immediately take out an album and and I explain to especially younger people that just started to to collect vinyl, and and I I, I talk about this because then how, which copy? I mean, you got so many copies. There is a. A U.S. pressing, that got a U.K. pressing, a Canadian pressing, and you got a, a Mexican pressing. Which one should I choose? I mean, they're different in, in my opinion, but that one is cheaper. And then I always say, listen, we'll take them for a spin. And if you can, by only listening them with your ears, here in the store, if you can tell them apart, choose the one that you think sounds the best. Mm-hmm. And usually they can't tell them apart. And then I said, well, you should go with the cheapest one <laughs> so you can buy more albums yeah. or more records because yeah. yeah. it doesn't matter for you. But if you hear the slightest difference in what I'm playing in these like three albums, you should go with the one that you think sounds the best. Right. Because then your ears have evolved and you can listen to music on vinyl record in a different way. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, this is all a hobby and with a lot of hobbies, there's, there's a learning curve and there's, you know, you have to learn stuff and, yo. I, I, I think, learn all the time myself. So yeah, I mean, because I I think you, you you really just have to start at, at one place and maybe get some records that you like, you know, get a good record player that that has the good sound you want, and then 
start looking into first pressings and, you know, okay, like what's my favorite band and what would I want a first pressing on an original Mm -hmm. pressing and that's, you know, kind of thing. And then kind of just keep going. And like you, you said um, last week, just go and, you know, when we're talking about buying vinyl, you know, really just ask, just ask because anybody in this world is more than willing to help out and, and, oh, yeah. and set you on the right path. Yeah. So you don't get ripped off and, and you can help learn and just start looking at the records you have. Right. And, mm-hmm. and see, you look at the matrix numbers that, that are in there and look those up and see what you have. Yeah. Like, you know, you might already have some golden stuff in there that you yeah. didn't realize. And I ask, think that- as filter, ask questions, ask me uh, as a owner of a record store or a, 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 a nerdy dude i mean i ask people i ask soren all the time he, he's been on here he wrote wrote a book all about vinyl and he has done his research and he's he's my go-to guy when when i i i can for the life of me think what the hell kind of pressing is this mm-hmm. so i i i tend to go to because there is some albums are very very small variations and I go, I can't figure out, is this a one? Is this a seven? What is this etched in here? So I ask Soren to help me out. So even I go <laughs> to other people and ask right. for help. So yeah. if, if you need help, just hook me up on DM. If you're in Malmo, come to my store. I'm open on Thursdays between uh, uh, 4 p.m. And, and 7 p.m. on, on Saturdays. 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. I'm there. I, I will guide you through this as best as I can and and not uh, make you buy high-end music for a shitload of money just because I want to make a buck. No, See? that's not the that's not the case at all. I just want people to enjoy vinyl records and for me, it doesn't matter how much money you spend. If you don't have enough money, you should go and listen to the music only. Go with your heart and and the rest will take care of itself. There you go. There you go. Great way to end the show right there. Yes, I think it's so. Great way to end the show. And uh, as always, thanks for listening to the show and your all your support. We love it. We're going to be launching a brand new website. If it's not out already, mm-hmm. depends on when this show airs. But um, we are on a new programming schedule. We're coming out every two weeks now. So on Thursday still. So if you're listening to this at the right time, you could hop over to Mike's Record Store. Right? Yes. You can listen to this as you go to mike's record store which is there awesome it's a lot of fun so it is with that until next time later later this has been the sounds on vinyl show with mike spenson and phil boyer produced by boozehound entertainment in cooperation with boozehound music intro and outro music by dead anarchy courtesy of shop glass records for exclusive playlists videos, and other extras, visit soundsonvinyl.com. Thanks for listening, and for all your motherfucking support.